Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net, and welcome to today's episode. I'm here along with co-host Rick Bulo, and in today's episode, we're joined by guest artist and comic book creator Nick Melanchek of Mindcore Studios. He's an accomplished creator, having released two series, one titled White Cell Inoculation and the second Big Man Down. With a sci-fi noir style that moves on the page from panel to panel, the fast-paced action throughout his books leaves you reeling after every issue. Nick's greatest feat, though, in my opinion, however, is how regularly and consistently he's able to pump out his comic books to the degree of quality that he does. So, big welcome to the show, Nick. It's fantastic to have you here. Uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, no worries. And how you doing, Rick? You, you doing well today? I'm doing fine. I'm I'm just excited. This is actually this is actually episode ten of the of well, the yeah. podcast. So it's kind of an is is it called anniversary when it's only ten? <laughs> well, I don't know what what do you call that. We'll have to make a name for it. Tenth anniversary we go with, right? Yeah. Well, tenth tenth anniversary. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, I mean it's great to have Nick here to help us celebrate that as well. I can't believe we're we're ten episodes in already. It's just crazy to me, mind boggling that that we're on such a roll with it. It ended I up. Thought, it started out as just being a, a silly, goofy idea that could be fun to try out, and now we're here. Yeah, I, people are loving it and enjoying it. <laughs> so um. So Nick, you've been a member of the HTDC HTDC community for a long time now, but for the listeners who might not have seen your work before, tell us a little bit about your background as an artist, the kind of books you enjoy creating, and how you got into comics in the first place. Oh, okay. Well, how I got into comics was uh, I was young, and at the time, uh, that was uh, when we were getting all those great animated shows from... uh, you know, like X-Men and the Batman animated series. So when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of those, and I was just, you know, enthralled by that kind of stuff. It was my introduction to superheroes, really. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then once I kind of... I think when I was watching X-Men animated series, I was so into the characters that I wanted more than, uh, you know, was on TV. So I remember going to the library, and you could go to the library and look at and find, uh, you know, trade paperbacks and graphic novels and all that. And I came across some X-Men comic books, the trades, and, uh, you know, rented those out, went home, and just, like, read them like crazy. So that was my intro to comic books. And once I seen the pages and the drawings and the different artists and art styles, it just, like, pulled me right in. And then uh, ever since then, I would say, I mean, I've been drawing my whole life, but there have been... Uh, you know, big chunks of my life where, like, I guess I wouldn't wasn't drawn as much. You know, took breaks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then in high school, I got kind of re uh, reinvigorated and really started um, taking it a little more seriously and trying to really improve my abilities. Um, but it, honestly, it wasn't till I would say the early, I'd say around like 2012, I decided that I really wanted to take comic illustration seriously, and uh, that's when I really like. You know, started getting different books, anatomy books, and um, trying to hone uh, the abilities to be able to draw from from the mind without reference, and, and learning the uh, the way that things, you know, like the body and all the muscles and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I've been working on drawing for my whole life, but I haven't been taking comics seriously until, like I said, the last I don't know, ten years maybe. Yeah, well, man, that's super, super cool, and it, it brings me right back to how I got into comics as well. I think we've all got that origin story essentially of of where we all began and and what inspired us because i think once you once you feel the need to create comics it's really hard to let that go even if you you know go off onto other things it's kind of like the comics they always bring you back you know if you're somebody who's got the comic book bug so to speak so you said yeah you so you said you've been in the comic book creation business for what 10 years now well, I wouldn't call it the creation business because a lot of it has been just experimental and learning uh, how to do almost everything. Um, since I do all my books, they're all done uh, by me. Like I do the the writing and illustration and lettering, and oh, wow. and I'm uh, 
I'm trying to improve, you know, every one of the little facets of creating a comic book as I go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but early or late 2002, uh, 2015 is when I really hunkered down and made a decision that I, I'm going to complete my first comic book. So that was White Cell Inoculation, uh, Chapter One, the first book. And so uh, I had go ahead. So you already have one whole book out, like a whole from start to finish book. Like a chapter of that, which was, and that's like only less than five years. Then, if I do my math correctly, and you're already on your way to a new and better place, so to speak, because you, as you get better, so does the comics. Oh yeah, you're yeah, really, uh, you're really in you get faster too. Yeah, I can, I can tell if you are already working that hard and working, jumping, jumping to another. Another another comic. That's that's impressive, man. Oh well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I took on the first book, that was after three failed tries of. Uh, I I, uh, I think I did like six issues um, on my first attempt. I mean, six not six issues, six pages on my first attempt, and I was just so put off by it, and I was like, oh, I'll have to give it another try some other time. And then I I tried again, and uh, after three tries. I was just getting frustrated with with the fact that I wasn't completing it. So um, I, that's when I made the decision that you know I, I'm gonna finish that first book. And that was the difficult part of finishing my first book was basically like defeating yourself. Like you got to convince yourself just to get it done, and you can't worry so much about how perfect it is. And honestly, I'll bring up this is like a really big helpful tool that I used was that video that I'm sure a lot of you guys, a lot of the people in the group have come across, which is the finish not perfect mantra. Have you heard of that, Clayton? Yeah, man, totally. It's one of the mantras that I try my best to keep in mind every single day because I am a massive perfectionist, and, dude, it really does hold me back in a lot of ways. It it makes my work look cool to an extent, but it also holds me back in a lot of ways. Um, And I'm sure you totally uh, relate with that but you know looking at your style it's very loose and very it's action-packed um, and and I feel like you wouldn't be able to be a perfectionist and achieve that same amount of energy so did it take a lot for you to arrive at the particular style you've got now you know that fast-paced kind of grungy messy looking style that would mean that you'd have to be somewhat, you know, like, I mean, you've got to be confident, right, to do work like that. So how did you get from, you know, redoing your issue three times over to being confident enough to just get these out? Was it kind of like a little self-discovery that you made that sent you down a particular path where you were able to consistently redo that approach for every issue? Or did it take you some time to kind of, you know, arrive there? Yeah, it was like a. It was definitely a culmination of a few things. Um, I had grown up in that very disciplined uh, manner of drawing, lines very clean. Um, you know, not that much rendering really. It's it's mostly all to done with all done with the line weight things like that. Um, and it was controlled, and um, I, I had fun doing that. But I kind of got like liberated, I guess you'd say. Because I discovered a couple artists that inspired me, um, Yoji Shinkawa. He's a he's an artist that did the concept artwork for the famous Metal Gear Solid series. A Japanese artist, oh, brilliant awesome. artist. And uh, and Ashley Wood, who did the Metal Gear Solid comic book here in America. And these guys, the styles they had were kind of very expressive, as I, I guess I would call them expressive, expressive and loose. You know, like you said and. Yeah. And I really liked them, but I never could, you know, really replicate that and. I, admittedly, I wanted to replicate it uh, because I wanted to, I guess, get inside the head of how they go about it. Since I was such a fan of the style, I I wanted to replicate it at first, knowing later on it would be important to you know separate myself as best I could. Because the last thing I wanted to do was just become a copy, a poorer copy of someone else's style. Totally, totally. So, um, but one of the... Uh, turning points I guess for my style because if you if you ever can look back at some of my really early work there's a big big change in, in, in my style now and I think one of the things that brought me to this style was switching over from uh, traditional to digital 
because uh, once I was introduced to digital and I picked up that pen for the first time, started using it, um, like many that I'm sure when they first get it, they got frustrated with the fact that it's it's very different. It doesn't feel the same as doesn't feel exactly the same as pen on paper. So um, I was determined to learn how to use it, though. I was determined to be able to draw digitally, and I found that I might I may have to change how I draw. And so I was experimenting with uh, using different brushes and using different techniques to create drawings that I thought looked interesting. And after experimenting for quite a while, I um, I found that that looser, scratchier uh, approach, I really kind of enjoyed it. And, I, and most of all, I realized how fun I was having when I was doing it. That's great, and, man. Yeah, and like you said, um, I think big part, I'm a bit of that perfectionist, I, absolutely. And I think that that's why with the combination of uh, this new drawing style and then also coming across that great mantra, mantra i was like man you know if i could just get past the whole perfection part and just produce and that's repeated in that video that, that that's out there he just pounds it in your head it's like just get it done just get it done mm. and i think once i took all that in and i got that first book done i mean um i think i felt like i was finally uh making comics you know what i mean like i, I felt like okay here now i'm on the right track so yeah yeah, dude, that's amazing, and I'm sure that so many other people can relate with that. I know that when I ever, if I ever get around to to actually doing a comic book, I'm going to be a major perfectionist, and I'm going to need to to really listen back to this and and remember what Nick said, which is, yeah, get get it done. It doesn't matter if it's perfect because every issue you put out is going to be better than the last one anyway, more solidified, more confident, and um. Yeah, man. Like, I think what you said there about ha finding a style where, as you were creating the comic, it allowed you to have fun. That's when we do our best work, right? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I think that that's really the key there. So, uh, what about you, Rick? Are, are you a digital artist as well, or you're, you're kind of both, aren't you? Yeah, I just started on digital arting, so to speak, because it's just <clears throat> I have. I've been told it makes it easier, especially for when, for when you you live in Europe and Denmark, as I do, and may want to show things around instead of getting prints and paintings to send via mail. Just send it via mail online is much faster, and do it digitally from the start is much faster than have. The way I used to paint is, I actually paint uh, actually. Big paint, uh, what's it called? The papers, so that can't be scanned in normally, so that wouldn't work either. Yeah, right. So I had to, I had to in order to go where I wanted to go. Cool. I'm looking I'm at, I'm looking at your stuff right now, actually, Nick, and I really love the Japanese, the, the mix of Japanese. And and but also keeping it Western comic at the same time, that you've managed to put into your style. It's a great mix of both things. There's the action and the fluidity of it all. Of it all is very based on on the on the on the action-packed mangas from like I'm reminded of something like as old as Lone Wolf and Cop. If you if you ever read that one. Oh, thanks, Rick. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been influenced by the Japanese uh, art styles. I'm not a like an avid manga reader, reader or anything, but the art um, over in, from Japan is, I, I mean, it's it's just incredible. And and the style I think that I've developed over these years is just uh, um, an amalgam, I, I think, of just all my inspirations. And one thing that uh, they do so well in Japan is is movement in, in comics. And in uh, in that form, um, and like Clayton says, he said he's seen kind of like the speed and, and all that, and and I love that whole um, approach. So for you to say that you see both influences, I'm I'm happy to hear that because that's kind of I guess what I'm I'm looking at doing with uh, my style. Well, you can easily yeah. you can easily see it, and I'm 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 impressed just by look. I must admit, I'm, uh, even though I knew that you, we were going to have this interview, I decided to to jump into this interview as as new as I could be so it would be so those 
listeners that doesn't know you might go through me when they they wanted to know more. <laughs> oh so, yeah, right. Yep. And I'm yeah. looking at uh, looking at your stuff, and I'm really loving it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. I was super excited to to actually get you on the the How to Draw Comics comic book store, Nick. And uh, you're one of the artists that I had my eye on because it was actually Corey who who got me onto you in the first place. He was like, you know, check out this guy's art, and I was like, man, this is cool. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I was really happy when you reached out. You know, you reached out, and um, all the stuff that you've been doing with the How to Draw Comic stuff, and Corey too. Corey is an artist. I love his stuff. Uh, we're always uh, liking and sharing each other's stuff back and forth. I love his book. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it called? Cool. Cool. Kozor, yeah, yeah, love that. I love like the style, his like otherworldly style and, and his technique. So, um, no, I was definitely happy to be a part of the store. Um, I'm looking forward to you know putting more stuff out there in that store and uh, yeah, and totally. yeah, I mean it's awesome. We were talking about this the other day, actually. Just you know the whole uh, um, the incredibly difficult market that digital comics seems to be so mm -hmm. in the future it'll be a lot of fun i think to really focus my full attention on that store and and make it into something much bigger than what it currently is but um as i was saying to you i think that digital comics could really have the potential to take off in the future because of their convenience you can kind of take them anywhere and, and, you know, read them on your commute to work, you know, provided you're taking a train or a bus and not driving. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of potential there. It's just, you know, what do, what do you think it is? Where does that, you know, when you're reading a paper comic book, which, you know, it probably doesn't have as rich colors, isn't as bright as, you know, looking at it on a, you know, a digital tablet. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, where's the charm come from? Is there oh, something there? <laughs> I know for me, I mean, I, I will read comics both ways. I do prefer uh, a printed book. I do prefer, I like the tactile, you know, feel of it, flip through the pages. Even with real books, too, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I like a real book. Um, but that's not to say that digital books, are, you know, aren't enjoyable. And um, for me personally, um, back when I was, you know, purchasing books often, I think for me why I didn't go with the digital is I what was the incentive because for me the price point was still the same so it was it was a debate on you know what, what do I do I want to own it to have it in my house forever as mine or is it going to be the same price and it's kind of like a, a digital file um, but I do I think you're right I think there's definitely going to be a, an opportunity for the digital comic market to explode but I do think that the consumers and readers and collectors are, they need an extra incentive because if you're going to pay the same price for something physical as you are for, uh, you know, something digital, I think that's challenging. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that, that additional incentive needs to be there. And because it's digital, I think there's a few new discoveries yet to be made as to what you could include with a digital comic book that would make people a little bit more motivated to uh, begin collecting them. Um, and whatever that is, I, I think that it's still yet to be fully explored. You know, you think about, for example, a DVD, right, of, of one of your favorite movies. Um, you'd get the collector's edition DVD because it would come with you know, um, bonus materials such as interviews and behind-the-scenes action and, and that kind of stuff. And I wonder if you couldn't take advantage of such elements when it came to digital comics. Like, I mean, how cool would it be to, say, get your comic book on, like, a DVD or as a downloadable file, Nick, uh, mm -hmm. where we could actually see you at the drawing board working on it, where maybe we had some exclusive interviews with you on, you know, what you went through to develop that particular issue. I think that's a great idea. I think that that would draw people in, and that would be an extra incentive. That's something you can't get with a physical book, a video content for sure. Um, and also, I'm thinking about like for White Cell, for instance. I have a lot of content from making the, the series, the six issues. I've got concept art, and I've got uh, a, you know a plethora of other things, and and something like that um, as an added offer also might be a good idea. So no, I love that idea. That's great. Yeah, totally, man. Like, that's what that's what makes me excited. Like, it's it is difficult. Um, I know that because since I've launched the HDC Comic Book Store, 
um, you know, it, it hasn't, you know, taken off as fast as I initially thought it would or as big as I initially thought it would, but that challenge kind of excites me because mm-hmm. I think that when when you find that there's a challenge like that, it leaves room for evolution to happen. And so, um, you know, I, I guess comicsology is kind of, you know, taking hold of the market there, but um, it's very interesting times and comics as an old medium being transferred into somewhat of a new technological platform is always going to create a few more interesting doors for us to go through. But um, so, Nick, just as a, you know, in general, how long does it take you to actually create and put out a new comic book from start to finish? Because you put them out quite regularly and consistently, which I think is so amazing. Like, I don't know a lot of people that can do that. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I try. I strive for uh, releasing a book every two months. That's the, kind of the time frame I give myself. Uh, I like the idea of, of offering consistent comics to people that like my books. I know that if I was reading a comic and I wanted to invest myself in, I would want that creator to uh, be able to produce them on a regular basis that you know I can count on. So. That was a big factor for me when uh, I was planning out and how you know my, I guess my marketing strategy would be. Uh, I, I'm fairly quick with producing them, uh, especially this recent a series I'm working on, the Big Man Down books. They are all black and white, uh, yeah. and so when I'm not doing the coloring stage, you save a lot of time. Totally. But from the scripting standpoint, and then on to I do all of the uh, black and white ink work. Since I work digitally, I wouldn't necessarily say I have a penciling and then inking. It's almost kind of, it all happens in one step for me. Um, I, I'll go in with the uh, pencils um, digitally, and then straight after that, they, I just start into the ink. So so that stage, I guess, is all in one, uh, one shot. And then without the coloring, I go straight into uh, ultimately re-editing the script, making sure it's, you know, right on how I want it to be, and then I go into the lettering, which I, I, I really started to love doing lettering. It's challenging, though, but I do like doing it. Uh, once that's all done, then it's it's set and ready to go. And the process, I usually can finish a book within a month, but I have reset my, uh, like I said earlier, I like to release my books every other month because I like to have that wiggle room. I like to have that extra space so that, one, I don't feel overwhelmed and rushed because I want to be able to stay committed to that schedule. So I, I, I leave myself enough room to where I can take on other jobs if I need to or work on something else. Like I'm in the process of wrapping up Big Man Down, uh, the all five issues. Um, I just announced the release of issue three. Cool. And it might seem like I have, you know, I could release them faster at a faster rate, but I'm also working on another series too right now. So. So I do a lot behind the scenes, but I, I, I want the, the collectors of my books to know that they can count on a book regularly. So That's something I like to hear is the first thing that you actually said when you were speaking of your progress is I, wa- I, I, wanted, I wanted people to know when they, get, when they can get my comics. And that's, that's the most important thing in my opinion is consistency and to know and then and if you can be consistent, then then your then your art must come in second place, and that help that that probably also helps you with the perfectionist feel. I I gather, like the feel of being perfectionist, kinda kinda gets shadowed by the feel of you want you want to give your fans something, you want to give them consistency. So that's also yeah. a good way to fight fight your that perfectionist feeling most artists have. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I just try to move so fast that I don't let the perfectionist catch up, is what I guess I do, because I want to work at, and not look back is, is the way I've been doing it, and it seems to be working out well for me. I, I get the work done to, to a level that I believe is, is, how, you know, is, is, is good, is well enough, and, and then I'll push myself to a point to where I have to stop. You, know, you have to make that call. you got to be like, this page is good. And I've posted work on the group before, and I'd said, you know, I wish I could go on with this page. There's more I'd like to do, but if I just linger on this page, I won't make more progress. So I just keep my head down and I just keep going forward. And 
it's ironic because you know looking back now at white cell or even early issues of big man down you know like many artists they look back at their earlier work and they just kind of go hmm that's that's all right <laughs> and they just <laughs> and they focused on the next thing you know and and that's again kind of reinforces the finish not perfect point because every time you begin a new project or you put your pen down to paper the next time you're on to the next stuff you're not really so concerned about what you've done before you always are trying to do better you're always trying to make strides in your uh, abilities and so you know just kind of hanging in stagnant for me i just had to break that cycle and so far it's all been working out really well yeah it looks like it, it looks like it uh, is really working out and you're saying saying you're also working on a new project besides working on this do you sleep I wonder, do you, do you sleep at all? It doesn't sound like you have time to sleep. Well, um, my situation, I guess, I, I'm pretty fortunate, I'll be honest. Um, I, I'm a stay-at-home. I have a little uh, four-year-old that I watch. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, so I, throughout her, raising her, I didn't have much time to work on comics, I'll be honest. I mean, when you got like a two-year-old running around, there's no chance of, of focusing on getting a comic done. Oh, yeah. But the last couple of years, she's gotten older and... and I was able to work out uh, time in my day, and uh, I, I just I just crank out as much as I can. Uh, I do it efficiently. Um, I was just thinking about today how I wish I had more just kind of like regular pinups and fun art to show, but I, I got this weird thing happening where now I feel like if I'm not doing sequentials, I'm not doing anything, anything productive. So it's 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 kind of it's been gnawing at me a bit because uh, I have been. Um, putting my head down into these comic pages so much that I haven't had a chance to just have fun and draw like fan art and stuff. So um, my time schedule, I guess, I'm just very uh, meticulous with what I do with my time. And I make sure I put it towards this uh, overarching goal of um, making my comic books now. That sounds very f familiar. Uh, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a single I'm a single parent myself, so I know the f I, ca I know the feeling of how to juggle or juggle being dead and also wants to create and do what you, what you have to. But as oh, yeah. as I spoke up, I spoke up. It's another podcast as well. It also really helps you and also in a oh, yeah. in a way focuses focuses you because you could have easy easily easily uh, yeah be st more stagnant if you didn't have the responsibilities mm -hmm. of both a father father and to produce at the same time yeah it, it makes drawing like almost an, an escape too <laughs> when you when you have uh when you have the kid running around and so it's a nice it's a nice uh i don't would say almost like a trade-off i mean you, you're with your child and your kid and and you're having fun and you're enjoying doing that and then when you hit the table you have your other passion you do that and it's it's a great way to balance it and it keeps you going uh on both on both accounts you know Exactly. So as I've been trying to say to Clayton, get a child, get a kid, Clayton. It, it helps. It helps. Wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> totally. Uh, it's it's it is, it is funny because uh, realistically, in the next few years, we will be uh, probably thinking about kids. So um, I'm sitting there, even right now, going, "Man, how much time am I actually gonna get to work on my drawing?" So. I'm motivated to draw as much as possible now before the kid comes along. So yeah, yeah. Um, it it is a funny thing, and and I do wonder what that type of lifestyle is is like. Um, maybe for uh, for those who don't yet have kids, who are thinking about having kids and are artists, maybe you could enlighten us a little bit on that kind of lifestyle, Nick, and and even Rick as well. Like, because the reality of, of having a child and being able to do your art is likely very different uh, than, you know, what, what you think it's going to be. Because I'm sitting back going, hey, it's not going to be that hard. You know, I'll just do this, <laughs> not just do that. It'll be, it'll be easy peasy. I'll just, you know, have, have, have the baby on my knee while I work and, and it'll be great. And me and me and me and Nick, me and Nick is sitting back and just shaking our head and, oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> right. I have it. I have in my office. I've got like her little table, and I'll get uh, some coloring books. and And she she's a talker too, my little one. And so she's just back there talking up a storm and coloring, and and that'll last maybe ten minutes. <laughs> and then 
and that's that's all you get out of that. And then the rest of it is just uh, you get what you can get done. That's all it comes down to. Mm. Um, but like I said, she is getting a little older now, and I've been able to get more done, and that's that's been great. And soon she'll be going off into her uh, kindergarten, elementary school, and I'll have the, a lot more time to work, and hopefully I'll get even more work and productivity done. So, but it's yeah, a it's a passion great. thing. When it's a passion driven thing. You you find time and it's and it's it's not in a way that you know uh, kills it for you. You know what I mean. You still enjoy doing it and you find the time because it's a passion thing. So it's yeah, it's totally it, as I was as I was wanting to say. It's kind of basically like everything else. If you if you, as an example get a new job somewhere else, you need to adapt to it. It's basically mm-hmm. the same when you get a child. If you want you you of course want to be around your child and see her grow and be with her at all times but you also need to do your work in order to help feed her to in order to help yeah absolutely yeah uh, keep a roof uh, over her head and so so yep. so your responsibilities change but the idea behind why you do one of the reasons why you do what you do is basically work in order to provide just now, it's not just for yourself, but it's also for your biggest love in your life, for your kid. Right. So right. I don't think you and should I... worry, Clayton, at all. I mean, it'll take it'll probably take a years of adjustment when he when they are most in need needy, and then you'll get right back to it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, we gonna say something there, Nick? Oh, I was just uh, going to mention. Um, I, I like hearing other creators when they got their kids and they're do and they're and they're going for it with comics, you know, and they're they're committing themselves. Uh, even though we all know uh, finan- financially how comic books can go, making yeah. comic books, you know. But I I really love hearing it, and the reason why is because I know for me and my daughter, like a lot of the reason what it pushes me to do it is because I know that as time goes on, she'll see what I'm doing and she'll see that I, I that I you know, put in effort and I tried to do something that I love. You know what I mean? Like I want that for my kid. I'm sure Rick feels the same way. It's it's setting that example of saying, you know, despite everything, I've I've been drawn since I was her age and and I love drawing and if I always knew I kinda think that if I ever did anything it was gonna end with me drawing. So so for me to, to make that decision, um, and many other artists, I think it's a bold move, but I, you know, commend them and I think it, it sets a good example for the kids too to see their parents kind of going for it, you know? Because well, they ro- see you. It ro- they ha- see you. <laughs> go ahead, you, go, go, you go, Rick. Okay. Go it will also, ro- also help them when they grow up and see that to uh, to have that passion and, and work hard for what they want as well when they grow older. So yep. in that way, you, you're go- going to raise them up to be a worker, which is important yep. to be. And follow that passion if they have if whatever it is that they're kind of passionate about. I think that I think you should go for it. You know, exactly. Oh, totally, man. We, we need more parents like you, Nick. Because oh, thanks, man. <laughs> you'll be the same. You'll be the same way. <laughs> uh, well, definitely. I've always had that philosophy as well, and I'm sure you guys have. Um, where you know you'd rather be the kind of dad where your kid can see you happy, right? You you want to oh, be yeah. a happy dad doing what you love rather than being. You know, a, a miserable dad that's angry and resentful at the world. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, teaching as well. You, you, there's so many uh, kids who just don't realize, you know, in, in the classes that I hold that they can do literally anything that they want, especially in this day and age. And um, I'd love one day to have the, the culture and society change as a whole where uh, people really do have that mindset where, you know, they hold on to those childhood dreams never let them go and see them through into their adult life oh yeah i agree i think i think i'm seeing more of that happening i think you're right um especially the day and age like you said with the technology and the fact that there's so many people uh kind of self-publishing self-creating you know all these things you can get away with a lot just on your own nowadays and uh i think i'm seeing a lot of people follow their passions and the, the the strict societal kind of norm of working those office hours and is is starting to change a bit i mean you know everybody's going to do their own thing everyone has their own path but i think there's a lot of people out there like you and i you know and rick and everybody that 
we are creatives and, and we want to do more and we're not being fulfilled in those kind of uh, societal norms. And it's great that we're moving, I think, towards a direction where we have the opportunity to take our future in our own hands kind of and uh, do what we want to do, you know? Absolutely, man. Um, it's it's really interesting because I think that a lot of creators, especially comic book creators and artists in general, I guess, you know, they live the kind of lifestyle where sometimes there's money coming in, sometimes there's not, and when there is, there's maybe not as much of it as they would like. And so as a comic book creator, Nick, it's obviously not for you know, massive amounts of financial gain. Like, I don't think any of us do comic books to become rich. And yeah. so... What, <laughs> Not at all for me, the money. No. What, what um, keeps you motivated? <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't... I don't know if I can explain that, really. Um, there's been a drive to do comics, or at least tell stories. I think that's the overarching thing. I mean, I, drawing is everything to me, but combining drawing and always telling a story is something that's always been a part of me. Um, friends growing up, we were all the same. We would come up with uh, unique story ideas. or I mean, I've always been into video games, so we'd come up with video game ideas. And and now, being uh, I'm, I just turned 32, so now, after all these years, I look at this comics, these comics I'm making, and I realize I finally found my out for that passion, the outlet, you know, where I can take the stories that I've always wanted to tell, make new ones, and I can put them out there in a form that people can, you know, they read it, they absorb what I'm, the story uh, visually and with the writing. Um, so that's the drive. It's just to finally be able to create these stories. I don't think I'll ever stop. I mean, now that I got a taste of making comic books, seeing a finished product, I mean, I, I encourage all the creators that are working on making comics if they haven't completed the first one. Um, to, if you got to make, you know, two, three different attempts, you know, whatever, just get it done. Get that first book done because once I've accomplished that, um, that, was a, that was a big undertaking for me. Um, I was very pleased to be able to do it because I know how hard it is. It's not an easy task. But I will say after you finish the first one, if you haven't ever finished one, it gets easier. Um, granted, after I finished, if you look at the years my books were released, after I finished the first issue of White Cell, I took a whole year <laughs> before I got the next one done. That first one really wiped me out. Yeah. Um, so once I got back to it and I made that second book, um, each book after that has gotten easier to, to produce. There's a lot of learning curve. And so when you're out there and you're experimenting and you're figuring all the ins and outs of making books, uh, once you start answering a lot of the questions, um, the next time you make it, you know the answer. So uh, you rapidly get kind of, I guess, quicker with the process, and you start to challenge yourself more. This this script I'm working on right now, this new project, is a is a monster of a script. So I realized today I was talking to my wife about it, and um, I mean, I'm, I'm putting the workload on myself, and it's a challenge because it's exciting to to challenge yourself, and then and then when it's all said and done. You know, you want to be proud of what you're doing. And in comics and in all art, uh, you're always striving to improve. If you're just kind of content with where you're at and you never try to make, you know, evolve, um, I don't know how far you'll get, you know. Man, oh, absolutely. Man, that sounds exactly as a lot of those things me and Clayton have been talking about over the podcasts. So so it's 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 really nice to hear that, hear those words come from another from another oh, artist that... that, that not just agree agree with us, but live in the same mindset. I yep, really like yep. it. I really like that. So the audience also can tell that's not just us that feels that way. That. But I had a question. You work. You work so hard. Do you ever? Are you? Do you ever have those those moments where you just can't get motivated? Where it just total art block. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, let me try to wrap my head around how I go about that. Um, you know, lately I haven't haven't run into that too much. Earlier in the process, I did because there were so many new challenges, and each new challenge, you know, you look at it, and you go, "How am I going to go about, you know, figuring this part out?" Or, or, or oh, "I'm so tired of doing this." But uh, as I said before, I think since I've been there, done that so far with a lot of these books. And I've, I've picked out a good schedule for myself. I'm taking good care of myself. I think that's a big part of it, too. you got to take care. You burn yourself out. I know a lot of artists, they work so hard, and they work all day long. 
and 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 I commend them for being able to do it. But at the same time, uh, everybody's different, and, and I know that if I did that to myself, it wouldn't be for the enjoyment anymore. It, I, I think I would kill myself on it, and I wouldn't like it. You know? <laughs> totally. Exactly. We, so, yeah, go ahead. We talked about we talked about this as well about. It's not only it's not only the, uh, your mentality you need to look out for. It's your physical health as well, because you'll burn out easily. I mean, I, I can I, I find myself sometimes working twelve hours a day if, if I have to change. If my daughter's not around, there's no one there. There's no no real uh, no other real thing that I want to do. So I just sit wrong, and that can take twelve hours a day. And when I stop, I feel broken. I feel destroyed. Completely. So you're right. You need to take care of yourself, both mentally and physically. And and I also like the fact that you just said the way you handle art block was basically what you said was you just continue to press. You press the yeah. block until it broke, and that's the way to do yeah. it. Don't give up. Continue to press the uh, the oh yeah until it breaks because the art block will break before you break. And another thing that might sound silly, I guess it was it was like a, a bit of a piece of advice I came across, and I honestly don't remember where I heard it. But basically, um, if you're if you're gonna take on a challenge, you know, and you're gonna do something that's that's difficult, and you want to accomplish it, um, it's all about making sure you give yourself, I guess, like smaller goals instead of one. You don't want a large, a big goal that's really far to reach. You make give yourself small goals. And when I was doing the first books, my my goals were as simple as you know I want to finish all the 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 pages, all the inks. I'm not even gonna worry about getting colors done. I just want to show that I can do that. And every step, what what I would do is I'd find a way to do, reward myself. And and I forgot where I heard that, but it was a good piece of advice because that's what I would do is I would set a small goal and I'd say if I can meet that goal, there's a there would be like a new game coming out or something. I would say if I meet this goal, I'll get the game. And the game would release, right? And I w- and as much as I wanted the game, I would hold off until I finished my goal. As soon as I finished my goal, I was jumping right on it, and it and now I, you know I got my my goal done, and I and I and I treated myself, and it kind of if you do that, and you know that you can do that for yourself, and that's part of the whole taking care of yourself, I think. Yeah. Is it'll help? It'll help keeping you going. When you ask, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated? Well, just saying, you know, I just work, 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 work for me. That wasn't enough. I needed to come up with a different way to a different system that would assure that I would stay on task. And I think that was a little bit of, of it. it. It's a little bit of, you know, finishing that first one and seeing that reward and also making sure that along the whole way, you're finding ways to basically, you know, reward yourself. Kind of like, you know, like a, a guy in the corner, of the, a corner of your ring, you know, helping you out the whole time. Like a dog. Like, just to put it, yeah. put it down as... as- Blunt as you can, like, like make a dog, uh, dog do tricks. You give them a treat. Yeah. Basically yeah. put it that, helps. basically put that on onto yourself. It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's it's a way of discipline that I like. I'm I'm always been talking heavily on disciplining yourself, especially also as an artist, but just as a human being. It all. That's a perfect word. Yep, discipline. Having that discipline, sticking with it, it does wonders. Yep. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, it's it's interesting. Like I, I think that has a lot of really great psychological benefits as well, Nick. Um, by rewarding yourself for undertaking a task every every time you complete it, it has a very positive impact and association inside your mind. Um, so that the next time you go to set out and undertake a task, um, you know it knows that it's going to be rewarded, but to that it has to complete that task before it can be rewarded. So I think that that's a really great habit to get into. And I guess that that's what all of this is about, breaking past those art blocks and continuing to get these comic books out consistently, speeding up with every new issue. That's all through habitual behaviors that you put into action, Nick, and yep. that have really you know ultimately paid off in the long run. And I think that... What you're going to find, even though you know white cell inoculation took you uh, an entire year to complete and really uh, burned you out in a big way in the in the beginning, mm-hmm. now we're looking at you producing these comic books every month, and and you know you're ahead of the game now. You know you, you've got stacks of comics ready to release. So, yeah, I mean that's just the nature of how this stuff works, isn't it? It's kind of like the 
the course I'm working on at the moment, the How to Draw Women Female Heads course, like the initial version of that took so long to get through to kind of, you know, develop. But now I'm at a place where I've drafted out the entire thing um, and, you know, I, I'm working my way up through that in, in terms of layers, but I can see the entire process getting faster and faster and when the following courses come out, it'll be the same deal. You know, I would have kind of worked out the kinks and ironed out the wrinkles in the process at that point and just like was the case with your comic books, it'll it'll become faster and faster, more optimized. So I think that that's a really great piece of advice for uh, you know the listeners out there to take on board and just other creators in general to remember that even though it's hard in the beginning, the reason it's hard is because your brain is just processing and trying to learn so many things, not just you know in terms of the the practical things that need to be learned, but in the way that you work yourself as a creator. Right. That's a big part too, is because everyone works their own way, and that you'll find that you'll have your own approach to many of the things that you you know you you look into. You'll look into how to do lettering, and you'll start and you'll do what you're you know they say to do. But halfway through, you go, oh, maybe I could do this this way, you know. And eventually, you you figure out a way that is more custom suited to how you operate, how you work, and then that's what also you know increases your speed and, and your productivity. And like you said, I mean, it's a lot like, I guess, going to like a gym, you know, you go to the gym, if you never worked out and you go to the gym the first few times, you're going to get your butt kicked and, and you get sore and then you go back and, then, and after you're regularly going to the gym, um, it's, it's, you know, second nature. Totally, man. I mean, it is like playing a video game in a way. It's kind of like in the beginning, you get past the first few levels, they're kind of challenging in their own way. But then as you progress through the game and you continue leveling up, the kind of challenges that you're facing are of a different tier. They're, mm-hmm. they're yep. difficult in a different way. So, for example, in the beginning, you might kind of be wrapping your head around perspective and anatomy and proportions and that kind of thing. But, you know, where you're at probably right now, Nick, is in the phase of storytelling through your art, you know, composing yep. the scene, directing pacing, those panels. Pacing is killing me. you got to get that down where you can tell a story. At a, at a proper pacing and that that's I got some books and I'm trying to read up on pacing totally, um, so yeah you're right it's the, the the challenge there's always going to be a challenge even for the greats they're still working on their their challenges and but that's part of the fun you know that's part of the excitement of it that's why we yeah. do it that's why we do it because we know there will always be something something challenging us and pushing us forward in doing it I think at least for many artists the thought of that that you will never never be at an end is what right brings us even further in when we have when we're in and we realize what we're getting into it either scares us the heck away from everything or it just draws even more in in as we get as we take the challenge and say okay bring it on right yeah absolutely man that's very very true you know that's why we do it in the first place it's it's the challenge like i don't know if you guys have ever reached a point where it's kind of like you're a hundred percent comfortable with where you're at in terms of the kind of artwork that you're producing and it's just like there's nothing for you to really grab onto there's there's no fun little challenges i once heard that the, the the sweet spot to be actually motivated about what you're doing is you've got to be able to know that you can accomplish it but at the same time there's got to be a little bit of a challenge there for you to work through and so you want to be kind of challenged but you also want to know that you can get through like you don't want it to be an impossible feat that you you, or an impossible challenge that you've got to you know that you're never going to be able to accomplish in the first place oh yeah absolutely that's i mean i look go ahead that's also one of the reasons i went to digital after i I've worked with real, realism paintings all my life, and that's one of the reasons I went to digital. And also, the idea of making comics continued me to push me into challenging myself because I I uh, became stagnant in 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 the aspect of realism painting because it's basically the same when you when you when lo- if you learned it, it's basically the same. Look at something and paint it again. It became stall, it becomes stagnant and you get bored with it. So I decided to go digital 
for those reasons as well. And also to push it to my passion that was comics. Mm. And what were you going to say, Nick? Oh, I was just uh, commenting. First, I'd say I, I, I really loved working digital. But um, aside from that, no, I was going in and um, talking about the fear of like working. And you were mentioning how you, you want to be in that sweet spot. And I think you're right. I think there is that sweet spot. And I feel like I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm pretty much there. But I'll be the first to admit that every time I get ready to work, there's always this level of fear that I have and about, you know, producing and, and making and topping yourself. And I mean, I'm sure that's common with everybody that does this. But um, that fear is also as much as I sometimes can't stand it. I think it's a big driving force to my abilities uh, and, and where I'm at. I think that having that that fear um, is also what makes an artist stronger, you know? And I think once you get to a point, if, if you can hit the table and you're taking on a project and you don't have any of that fear, I, I don't know. I think uh, maybe maybe that person, I don't know, maybe you got to push yourself or something. I think it's important, in my opinion, to have that, you know? Heck yeah, man. Like, but, you know, how do you work through that and use that to your advantage, Nick? Because I feel the same fear sometimes, and I find it quite uh, debilitating, actually, like even getting started if... You know, for example, I'm working on a, an important piece of artwork and I know i got to get it done that day. I'll kind of, you know, stall a little bit because I am kind of anxious about jumping into it. Whereas I know that when I actually start, it won't be that bad at all. It'll actually be kind of fun. But beforehand, that, that pre-fear... <laughs> it is um, weird. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's like a pre-fear. It's like a an angst. And um, it, it's not until you... You get into the zone. I mean, I'm sure you guys know, you know, like when you start working, you eventually you snap into a zone and you mm -hmm. pop in and out occasionally, but usually you find yourself in that spot. And once you're in that spot, all is well. But sometimes getting the courage up and psyching yourself, you know, <laughs> into doing it is, is the fear. Like that's the fear, you know. And then the fear comes again once you're done and you look at it and you put it out there. Or even sometimes when you're done looking at it, you're just like, oh, no, you know, so it's a, it's a fight you're always fighting with yourself in this in this uh business i guess you'd say so but it makes you stronger you know totally you, you do, really get to know yourself you you, <laughs> yeah, do, you ha do you do have to have some sort of masochist in you is it masochist yeah. when it's self hurting yeah, yeah i think you're right yeah yeah you 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 re you really need that as an artist because you you are basically pushing yourself to your limit all the time as you evolve and it hurts I got a question you. for you guys too, because this brings it up. Uh, you know, and all of us artists, I promise, uh, you know, are up against this. But when you talk about, you know, p punishing yourself basically, and then you know, we live in this time where you put your stuff on the internet, and then you see, one, you get the feedback, which usually is great. I mean, most people have have nice things to say, and that's 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 wonderful. But but what becomes a new challenge in itself is. The How to Draw Comics page with all the skilled, amazing, incredible artists that we get in that page, all the just amazing work. You see that all day long. I know I do. I'm on the I'm on Facebook scrolling through it, and that's all I yeah. see is is beautiful piece of artwork after another, <laughs> a variety of different styles, like all across the board. You get the traditional styles, you get some um, really expressive, wonderful stuff, and so you. After working all day at the drawing board, you see all this new stuff, and now you go, "Well, shit! Now what do we do?" You know. So, how do you guys? Well, first, you know, what's your, uh, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? I guess is basically the question. Yeah, you go, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I, it's a I, hard question. <laughs> yeah, I just needed to think a little because it's a really hard, yeah. but it's also a really good question that that it's good to all right to answer you uh, to to ask yourself. I think. I mean, I use I use it to uh, for, to motivate me and to and pump me up and drive me further to like wow look at all look look at this guy for example how he produces this and so cleanly and so softly and so fast because he that guy just random name keeps pu pu putting up almost almost on a daily basis and it inspires me and it motivates me to 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 do the same, uh, to to want to keep creating as well in that same sense yeah. so it's a motivation yes, 
at first it I feel it and it it did bring me down like oh I can't do that I, I I'm not I I didn't even get into groups like this like art groups and all that because it demotivated me but I managed with some discipline and some change of mindset to change it around to be motivating instead yeah okay yep yeah yeah I, I think it's a really great question Nick because I know that <laughs> like literally every artist feels the exact same way that you do at some point or another um, that we all do and I, I know that you know one of the the biggest like soul-crushing uh, things that can happen to for example my students is you know they'll, they'll see like the amazing artwork that I'm demonstrating on the on the on the projector for example and I got to be really careful with that because if it's too good they'll become super discouraged and they won't feel like that it's achievable by them but I think it really depends on how you look at it and it's very much a, a, a frame essentially that you can come at it through because I totally get that you can look at somebody else's artwork and just feel like looking at where you're at it's hopeless like you're never going to be able to achieve those standards of quality yet at the same time when I think about why I got into doing comic art in the first place it's because of the amazing artists like Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo, Mark Silvestri who inspired me in the first place to actually look into you know harnessing my skills and, and getting to the place that I'm at now so I think that you really have to be conscious of how you're taking in other artists and whether or not the way in which you're processing their work is going to affect you positively or negatively so when I see the artwork on the how to draw comics uh, forum I go man for one this is so cool that we got such a massive community of artists who are all trying to do the same thing as me and uh, two uh, you know you get the feedback of course but you also see the amazing artwork on there and I think that for me that's encouraging because it either gives me a new level to reach which sometimes you really do need to make progress as an artist or it's just it, it inspires you creatively like you know somebody might post out a new cool piece of artwork and a character they're working on and it just you know I think that art as a creator is going to get your creative juices flowing no matter what um, so yeah, I, I think mean, that that's absolutely. how I try to look at it yeah I'm, I'm definitely motivated um, when I jump on that page especially on the how to draw comics page um, it's it's great fuel you know um, it, it's like a balance of if of of taking it and being like, wow, I could, this makes me want to go upstairs right now, you know, and start cracking on something. And then there's the times where you're, I guess you're at a peak of confidence and something just swoops in. It just takes you right out. <laughs> and it's like a humbling thing, I guess. So in retrospect, it's probably a healthy balance as long as you just don't let it eat you up, you know? Well, yeah, totally. Like you, you can imagine if, if you were the, the best one on that group, right? Uh, you'd be looking at all the other artists. They'd be all, you know, be doing artwork which is of a less sta mm -hmm. lesser standard, and you'd never feel like the the need to challenge yourself to be better than what you are at that moment in time. Absolutely. So I, th yeah. so I think it's great. You know, there's you artists never get that... comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> it it levels you up. It le it levels you out to be in a place like this because it helps you get it helps you get comfortable and and feel like okay i can do this i want to do this but it also helps you keep you keep you yeah straying towards to the, being too selfish about yourself and your art so it's a good it, leveler if you get to the point where you feel if you get to the point where you feel like oh i can't do this go to go to the go to the art group and 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 look and uh, and make it motivate you i actually got I got one person I need to call out because, in a funny way, he know he knows I love him. I have a f I have this love hate uh, relationship <laughs> with the the art of uh, one Wins Rodriguez from from the from the group because he he delivers so smooth and so amazing art consistently and always. And I'm like, damn, I hate him. Why 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 can <laughs> I never be that good? But then. At the same time, my mind clicks over and says, "Just you wait. I'm gonna be better." Like you know. Yeah. So it changes like in an instant. It's not even, it's not even something I'm, I force myself to anymore, which I had to at first. But now it just comes. First, it's like, "Oh, this is so great. I'll never be this good." And then click, 
I'll be better. Yeah, moments like that, I just try to uh, remind myself to keep my head down and just keep doing, keep at it, and and let everything else kind of come by the wayside. Um, you know, if it starts to become too much, because it it can get you. You know, if you look at uh, some of the brilliant artists, you see the level, and then like, because you know we're all at our own our level, and we're all trying to increase our own level there, and you start seeing some of them higher levels, and you just gotta say, you know what, I just got, I'll get there. Like, keep my head down, I'll get there. Totally, man. That's exactly it. Like, if if one person can do it, you can do it as well. As you know, assuming you've got two hands and two eyes, and you know you've got everything they've got, um, there's no reason why you can't get there. And that's what I always used to tell myself as well. It's just a matter of time. You know, if you keep on taking action and you keep on moving forward, eventually you're going to surpass those people that you look up to. And then you've got a real problem because then it can be, uh, if you've ever reached that point where you kind of look at your artwork and you're like, you know what, I actually like the art that I'm doing better than the person who once inspired me. Um, that can be weirdly uh, demotivating and uninspiring. Um <laughs> Because it's kind of like, what, what, where do I go next with this? I, I feel, I feel, I feel that point the most actually. Of all the points you can, you, you, you get through as an artist, I think that is is the point. If I ever get there, I am fearing the most to get to, if that makes sense. Mm. Because I, I, I really don't want to have that feeling. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting. Like I'll go back and. Um, look at some of the earlier work that I did and uh, it, it's, it is a strange feeling to say, look, I've, I've shown um, some improvement, but you're still far away from where you want to be. And it's just this constant <laughs> chasing your tail, I guess, because right when you think you've got something down, um, if you just keep going, you know, a couple projects down the line, you look back and you're just like, that's so far away from, you know, where I want it to be. So it, it's a growing thing for sure. It's all about growth. Absolutely. And that's a great note to finish this podcast on. Yeah, it's been an hour, and I feel like, guys, we could talk forever. There's so many more things that I want to ask you about, Nick, and uh, so many things that I resonate with you on. Like, as you were talking about your backstory before, how you really got stuck, there's this point where you really got stuck into learning your craft and, and being coming serious about it. I totally relate with that man and the, the perfectionism stuff. Um, you know, I really, well, I really feel like we all had some great chemistry this episode. So, well, we have. Oh yeah, it was awesome talking to you guys. Well, we do have an, a a twentieth podcast anniversary. <laughs> we'll invite <laughs> we'll invite Nick back for that, huh? Yeah, let's do that. I'll definitely be back whenever you guys want. I'll be back. Yeah, hell yeah! It'd be it's super great to be able to get members from the community involved in this way like it, it feels like you guys are like all a part of what we're doing here and and we're all kind of giving back and exchanging value and, and that's what we want yeah i just love the community feel that you know how to draw comics has really manifested essentially since it began um it, I never thought that it would have such a community uh, surrounding it in the way that it does who are super supportive of one another and super engaged for such a yeah, huge it's, group it's a, yeah. it's a fantastic group i mean it's easily my favorite uh, all the members i mean everyone has respect everyone you know acts uh, just so so great to each other and and the skill level is through the roof um you know i, lo I love all the stuff that that you've been doing um you know with the store and that's why I'm, i was happy to be a part of this happy to be part of the store and i'm looking forward to doing more great stuff with both you guys it's gonna be cool Thanks so much, man. We we really appreciate that. Um, before we and, before we end, though, Nick, could you tell people where they can find you other than oh yes, other than fa <laughs> other than Facebook and how to draw comics? If you have other social media. Oh, okay, yeah, I got it. my Instagram is at uh, my last name then first name, so it'd be Melanchek Nick, and I put all kinds of work there. Um, and if you're looking at for the printed versions of any of my comics, just go to mindcorecomics.com, and uh, there you'll be able to find it. Yeah, sweet, sweet, and such cool comics as well. Like I, I hope everyone checks it out. Uh, I'd, and highly encourage if you're into, um, you know, especially wide cell inoculation. Just for some reason, really reminded me of Metal Gear Solid. Um, I don't know if that inspired you at all, Nick, but um, really reminded Absolutely, me of that. Yeah, it did. And and a quick thing, I mean. 
when I was talking about my previous attempts at making a comic, um, I think a lot of what helped make White Cell a finished success like that I completed was I finally landed on something that really interested me, really kind of like inspired me uh, to continue. And um, and that was that it was so heavily inspired by my favorite get, uh, video game, you know, Metal Gear Solid. So like oh. taking on that story and saying, you know what, I'm going to make my own my own take on, on a story like this. And it, it, it's, it's a pretty vastly different story, but definitely heavily inspired by the Metal Gear Solid uh, series, That's for sure. Great, man. And uh, Big Boss Down, really, really love the, the Asian gangster vibe that that's got going on. You know, yeah, that's some of my really favorite genre of movies. Yeah, really fun. Um, but yeah, all right, guys. Well, let's call it a wrap on this one. Thanks so much for being here, uh, Rick and Nick. And for those listening, thank you for joining us once again for episode 10 of the HTDC podcast. We'll see you here again next week.